Once again, I'd like to uh, welcome you to part four of 2020. This is a study or a series in which we're looking to get clearer vision for the new year, for our purpose, and also for our lives. And the kind of the big idea that we've been talking about throughout this series to kind of give you the background on it is that this is the, the teaching that should come before we make our goals and our resolutions for the new year. This is the series that precedes our plans for the year. And we've gotten some great feedback um, on the series, that it's uh, been hitting some things that really have made you rethink uh, life and uh, your goals for 2020. This week's topic is something that I'm really excited to talk about. Because I know that it's going to be something that you at one time or another, probably right now, have struggled with. But I also want you to know um, that it's a topic that's complicated. And as I got done with my message, recognizing that I have at most 30 minutes, I recognized I was not going to be able to hit every caveat and every nuance that is behind this topic. And that very likely... You, just like me, as I was studying this, are going to hear something I say or hear something that I read and have a little bit of internal pushback on, well, in my situation or in my circumstance, uh, I like to say that this is a sermon that's going to be filled for all of you with a lot of yeah buts, okay? You're going to hear something and in your brain and in your heart, you're going to go, yeah, but... And the reason why you're going to have some internal pushback is you very rarely hear someone give you the encouragement that I'm going to share with you. Definitely not in the corporate world. In fact, what we're going to hear is in many ways exactly the opposite of what many of us feel makes America a great country or what distinguishes Americans. The topic that we're going to talk about, unpack, and learn maybe some new truth or be reminded of some is this. The frenetic pace of life that we live. The the busy, fill the schedule, have no time to rest. It doesn't matter whether it's the winter because then we'll wait until the school year's over in the summer to rest, but then we fill it up with trips and this and that and home projects and everything, the frenetic pace of life that many of us, and dare I say, all of us tend to live and try to hold. So let me quickly address all of the goal-setting, hard-charging, I-don't-need-rest people in the room, much like (laughs) I'm one of them, okay? While there is definitely a spiritual component to this issue, and that's why we're talking about it in church and God gives some direction around it, the truth of the matter is, even if you did not believe in God or the Bible, this topic deserves your attention. Because secular psychologists and counselors and secular health people, like doctors, they have over time seen the damage and danger of a pace of life that is too fast and too frenetic. 
In fact, in preparation for this message, I read an article uh, by uh, a doctor named Stephanie Brown. And, and once again, I have no idea whether she is a Christian or not. I kind of got the assumption that she wasn't a Christian. And yet, what she says is so applicable to why this topic is important. She, first of all, called the pace of life that Americans tend to lead as an unhealthy addiction. And then, if she wasn't blunt enough, she gets even more blunt in the article. And in fact, uh, I don't know that I would say the things that she said, because she's going to hit us right between the eyes. Here's what a little bit of the article. So you Americans, we juggle 10 plates while you brag about your 90-hour week and pop your Ambien to get to sleep. In a vicious cycle, the exhausting, fast pace of life promotes overstimulation and overscheduling, which becomes chronic stressors that lead to behavioral, mood, and attention disorders. We cannot see that we are causing our physical, emotional, and behavior health problems as we try harder to go faster and then turn to medication to treat the unforeseen consequences that tend to pop up later. Someone once said that you'll either choose to rest your body or your body will choose for you later in life. We believe we should be able to go this fast and that there is something wrong with us if we can't keep it up. Next slide. Yeah, but... That's what we're thinking. Because we all tend to have our own excuses and our own sort of ideas why maybe that doesn't quite apply for me or you don't quite get my situation, Stephanie Brown, you know. And I understand this is complicated. I said that before. Some of us, we feel trapped. We feel trapped by a job or a life situation that requires crazy hours and a busy schedule and we're just not sure what to do with it. For others of us, um, we feel conflicted because we observe more than ever today with social media what other people are doing and what other people are offering, especially families with kids, offering their kids to be able to do and the things that they're able to be exposed to and the opportunities that they have. And it's interesting, this is just a little bit of an aside. Um, I thought the best thing we could offer our kids is a loving home. And yet, sometimes, sometimes we forget that. That in the culture and in especially the area that we live, that we feel this need to share with them every opportunity that there might be able to pop up. Others of us maybe hear something like this and you're sitting there and you're unconvinced. It's probably people who are pretty young and like, I can handle this. I can, I can do it. And if I'm going to have the career and the lifestyle that I want, I'm going to have to be hard charging and have a busy schedule and a pace. I don't need much sleep. We come from all different backgrounds on this topic. And yet, the reality is this. If we live too fast of a life, and if we don't know how to rest, it's going to affect us. Now, what the medical world now has figured out, 
God has always known. And in fact, when God had the opportunity in the Old Testament to give 10 main commands, and he could have given hundreds, right? 10 main summary commandments, one of the 10 was about spiritual and physical rest. And then, before he even taught about it or spoke about it, God modeled it. God modeled rest. Let me give you background to this passage I'm going to show you. So Moses gives the Ten Commandments after God gave them to him. And as he's giving them to the Israelites, he gets to the Third Commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And then he gives a little bit of reason why, or don't forget, Exodus chapter 20, for, or don't forget, as God tells you to rest, (laughs) that in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but... He rested on the seventh day because he was super tuckered out and the holy almighty God needed a little bit of nappy. It wasn't because he was tired. He was modeling what he wants his people to do and what we need, physical and emotional and spiritual rest. And so as you think about your life, and specifically in this series, as you're thinking about the year 2020, in order for us to see with 2020 vision, your plan, first fill-in, should include a plan for rest. When you're thinking about your year, when you're thinking about your goals, when you're thinking you want to accomplish, we also need to be thinking about pace of life and rest. But how do we get there? And what does it look like? to have true rest. That's what we're going to talk about in the section of scripture that we're going to look at. This is probably one of the more famous episodes in Jesus' life. If you went to Sunday school growing up, you most definitely uh, studied this one. And uh, what's going on is that Jesus often would travel around Galilee in the north and Jerusalem in the south, and he would stop in towns, he would teach in the synagogue or teach in the town square, and sometimes he would stay at people's homes. So where Jesus is, is in a town near Jerusalem named Bethany, and some people have invited him to come to their house, him and his 12 disciples. Luke chapter 10, like I said, many of you are going to recognize this section. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Next slide. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So, like I said, when I learned about this in Sunday school, it was so easy to sort of judge Martha because Jesus is right there in the home and Martha is all distracted. But then I grew up a little bit and I understood what it meant to be an adult. I understood what it meant to host people and to have a wife. And I recognized that when you have people over, there tends to be a lot of focus on making things just right. And not only that, but this is Jesus, the Son of God, and 12 of his closest friends. And you're going to have a little party, a little gathering for Jesus. Martha did, at first, what you would do. She wanted things to be just right. 
She wanted the preparations to be good. She wanted the meal to be right. She wanted the house to look a certain way. I don't know all the things that were on her mind. But at the end of the day, her first desire was not a bad thing. She loved Jesus and she wanted to be a good event. And as she's going through her list of the things that need to get done and the table settings need to be on and someone needs to go get water from the well and someone needs to uh, change the sheets in the guest room, you know, all that kind of stuff that you could think of, all of a sudden she looks around and she notices that she's doing the work by herself. (laughs) Mary, Mary, where's Mary? And then she sees Mary sitting down and in her mind doing nothing, sitting at Jesus' feet. Now, I can understand how Martha felt. When I was growing up, we, there was three kids in the family. And uh, in the summer, my mom would go to work and she would leave some list of chores to get done that we were supposed to do together. And I, being the uh, oldest and a little OCD about getting stuff done, um, would get right on it. And I would think that my younger brother was joining me in the quest and then I'd get done with the stuff that I was going to do and he's like playing Game Boy or staring at a wall. I don't know what he was doing, but he was not helping. And this causes frustration when you feel like you're in it all by yourself. And, And when you're home by yourself, you know, you can yell at your brother. Martha could yell at her sister, but they weren't home by themselves. And that's where it got even a little more awkward. Look at the next verse. She came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? And then she uses a Greek imperative, which I know means a ton to all of you. Um, What that means is she uses the strongest command form you could in that language. And she essentially yells at Jesus. Like, don't you see what's going on here? Tell her to help me, Jesus. Do you think Martha was a little stressed out? Do you think Martha was a little bit consumed by her list and making things just right. Was she a little busy? Absolutely. Absolutely. What's going on here? What is going on in Martha? Well, I think on a surface level, it's easy to say she wanted things nice for Jesus. But I would have to say that there's more going on than just that. Why did things have to be so perfect? Why did things have to be so nice? In fact, um, the writer points out, or God does, points out what was going on inside of her at the beginning of verse 40. Once again, it says, Martha was distracted. She was distracted. Now, guys, if you're hosting some family and your wife is getting really stressed, I, I, I... Caution you not to say you're just distracted, honey. Um, You might want to open up Luke chapter 10 and just highlight this and you could put it in front of her or something like that. And there's other ways and areas where we get distracted from the most important things. But for Martha, we know what was going on as far as distraction goes because God tells us what was going on in her heart. She took something that was good, wanting things to be nice, And she elevated it to a level where it became not good because she missed 
Jesus in her house. Here's how I'd say it in a phrase. Even good things and having a nice gathering at your house or a good meal or things picked up or cleaned up, even good things aren't good when they distract you from the main thing. What internally was Martha distracted by? How did she miss Jesus in her house and not want to just sit at his feet like Mary? We don't know exactly what was going on internally, but here's some thoughts, and maybe they apply to some things that we go through. It might be one is that the way her house appeared to other people, and especially to Jesus, had a big deal for how she felt about herself. She needed the validation of having the perfect-looking home in order to feel good about herself, maybe. Or maybe she had heard about the meal that Jesus had just up the road a little bit at someone else's house, and she needed to top it. She needed to do better. It was important for her We don't know internally what was distracting her. But here's what I would say. When we understand a pace is unhealthy, and yet we don't address it or change it, it doesn't make sense. And usually, there is something going on inside that needs to be fixed and straightened out first. So for Martha, there was a work, next fill in, a work behind the work. And maybe for her, it was proving her value and proving her significance by what she could do and provide and what she could accomplish. Maybe for you, it's not that. Like I said, this is a message where I don't have time to talk about every caveat and every little nuance. And I don't know if you have a too fast-paced life, what's driving you with that. But if we haven't have the time to rest, it's something we need to think about and we need to discover and we need to pray about on our own. You know, um, I think sometimes we talk about um, life and pace in the terms of margin, and, and margin being the difference between what you have and what you need. Difference between what you have and what you need. And this can be true about money. It can be true about time. And, and here's the thing about margin. It's true all the time. That when margin decreases, stress increases. L- let me give you an example of that. If you're a person who always leaves for appointments too late or not soon enough, and the stoplight lasts too long, or a train comes, or something else happens, many of your car rides are filled with stress because you haven't left yourself enough margin. Whereas when margin with time increases, stress decreases. When we have more time in our families to rest, the entire family is less stressed. This is true financially as well. And some of these things are not in our control, but most of them can be, especially over time. 
So what does rest look like? Well, look at what Jesus says to Martha. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or in fact, indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. There's a lot of things in life that are needed, but what Jesus is saying here by only one thing is needed, that there's only one thing that that's the most important. And when Jesus is in the house, it's the most important thing to do is spend some time with him. You see, we might see Mary and we might think about someone who was being lazy and Jesus saying, that's not it. That's not it. As you know, on the other side of things in the Bible, there are passages that speak against laziness as well. But you can be hardworking and focused and still understand how to rest and to be at rest. And God cares about rest. There's two reasons. One, he knows how you're physically wired. He created you. He understands, and you see in Martha, a woman who is stressed out and busy, and she blows up and yells at Jesus. Why? Because things are too fast-paced for her in that moment. She needs to rest. And the other thing why God is so passionate about rest is he understands that it begins actually not with the physical. True rest begins right here in our hearts. There's a work behind the work, and there's a rest that's behind real rest. You see, I've known plenty of people, and sometimes I'm one of them, that can be on vacation, laying on a beach, but truly not resting because there's too much going on in here and there's too much going on right here. You know, here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, one of my favorite passages. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. It doesn't matter what's causing you to be weary. It doesn't matter what's causing you to be burdened. But when you come to me with your heart, I will give you rest. You see, a lot of the reasons why we run at such a fast pace, even though we know it's not good, is because we're aspiring to something that might be a good thing, and yet it's not the main thing. And a lot of times, that revolves around validation. It revolves around a life that we think that is better. It revolves around lots of things that at the end of the day, we can only get from Jesus. You see, when you look at the cross, you see a place that Jesus died for sin and won for you heaven. But let me tell you this, and I hope you hear this a lot at North Cross. Jesus did not only change your eternity, he changed your life right now. He causes you to look at life differently. He causes you to look at yourself differently as a redeemed child of God. And at the cross, your quest for value, validation, and success can stop. The cross is a stop sign where you can stop that search and that quest and just rest knowing that the person whose validation you would need the most, you already have.
because of what Jesus did for you and not because of a great meal that you threw for him one time when he came to visit in Bethany. See, there's a work behind the work that causes us to run at high RPMs and to search after happiness and validation and success. And there's also, if we're truly going to rest, there's a rest behind the rest, and it begins by finding your value in Jesus. And here's the thing. When you think of 2020 or when you think of your life, I don't know if this needs to change one goal that you had. It might, but it may not. It's just, let's not make good things the main thing. And let's recognize where we get the validation that we've been looking for. Now, I get it that Americans don't know how to do this very well, right? When's the last time you sat down and did not have a phone in your hand? right? When's the last time you went to the bathroom and didn't have a phone in your hand, all right? I think we need to get practical this morning. So, first thing is this. There are going to be busy seasons. Let me say it this way. I don't want you to be burdened by something that for a season is out of your control. When it's harvest season, You can tell the farmer to rest, but he won't be able to. When it's tax season, the accountant's going to be a little busy. The challenge is when you look at life at the whole, if the pace stays the same, that's what we need to address. So there's going to be busy seasons. And with God's help, we'll get through them. But here's the other thing. Good rest doesn't happen by accident. And that's where planning comes in. That's where thinking through what we want 2020 to look like comes in. And there's three ways I want you to think about rest. Here's the first one. Good rest happens when we carve out time with God. That's what Mary was doing, right? She was sitting at Jesus' feet. When we take 10 minutes a day to read a devotion, to read a section of scripture, when we just consider God's love on a daily basis, I can't explain it. Well, I can, it's the Holy Spirit, but there's a calm that begins to happen when you remind yourself every day that you're a dearly beloved child of God and you don't need anyone's validation because you have his. Time with God every day is where rest begins. Um, Time for fun. I think getting out of the regular routines. And if you enjoy watching a show on Netflix, you know, watch it. Just don't binge watch the whole season in one night, okay? Um, If you enjoy woodworking or remodeling or baking or cooking, make sure that you have time to enjoy some of the things that you enjoy. God wants you to. Rest happens when we get out of the... the, um, pressure cooker of life and enjoy the things that we enjoy with God's help. And the last thing is related to the first, but just time for nothing at all. And I know some of you are like, I don't have time for nothing. That's the point. (laughs) When's the last time you sat for five minutes without anything in your hand, without anyone around you, and just thought? 
just breathed and just enjoyed the day. Or maybe it's just the moment. It's hard. And yet, God understands it's so needed. So as we leave today, I know this is complicated. I know I've stirred some things up in you. And maybe you're in one of those seasons where busy is just a reality for a little while. But for most of us, there's things we can do if we just begin to plan and we begin to understand that we don't need anyone's validation. We don't need any success except for that which God has ultimately given to us. And may today be a new day where we begin to rest just a little bit more. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, um, we have to confess that as Americans, we're not good at this rest thing. And yet, you know what's best for us, body and soul. And I pray that the words that we shared and the example of Mary and Martha would resonate in our hearts, that we would see maybe a little bit more what's maybe behind the difficult that we have to rest, and that we would seek it ultimately in you and in your son. I ask for your uh, hand of blessing upon all the people in the room, that they might wrestle with this topic and with your direction during this day and during this week, and that may, may grow to rest in you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm.